Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 52 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign, and today we're going to pray for the spirit of Elijah. The late great Leonard Ravenhill was often quoted for saying that the world keeps asking, where is the God of Elijah? But I keep asking, where are the Elijahs of God? Because you see, throughout scripture, we are given this archetype of what God considers a mighty man of God. It was even prophesied that the spirit of Elijah would return before the day of the Lord to turn the hearts of the children back to the father and the heart of the father back to the children. And so there was confusion in the time of Jesus and the disciples and many people of the time asked Jesus if he was truly the Messiah, then where was Elijah? Jesus made it very clear and plain in saying that the spirit of Elijah had already returned in John the Baptist. And in this we see the reality that God considers the spirit or character of Elijah to be that of a true prophet, a true man or woman of God who is willing to speak the word of the Lord, to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. Repent, repent. Make your crooked way straight, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is the spirit of Elijah that cries out in the midst of a land that is run by wickedness. The truth and simplicity of the word of God so that he might turn the heart of a generation and prepare them for a visitation that will revive a dead nation. This is the spirit of Elijah. So my friend, I will say it again. While the world is asking, where is the God of Elijah? The church ought be asking, where are the Elijahs of God? Elijah ran hard after God with no compromise. And for this, he was made the standard of a true man of God, a prophet of the Lord throughout all of history, even to the book of Revelations. We are given this imagery of Elijah running so hard to fulfill the word of the Lord that he outruns the enemy's chariots. Paul tries to relay this message to the Gentiles who had no reference of the history of Elijah by paralleling it to those who ran races in the Olympics and how they ran to win. They gave it their all. They were all in. And so God is looking for a people who will not compromise, who will not mix, but who are all in and willing to run this race to win. My friend, where are the Elijahs of God? Elijah was bold. Elijah stood in the midst of his nation, in the midst of his people, and cried out because of the abominations that were in the land. King Ahab had married Jezebel. Jezebel was a priestess of Ashtaroth, who was the female counterpart of Baal. Jezebel's father was a priest of Baal. Jezebel was literally a daughter of hell, ruling over God's people. And they had brought in all the abominations of these nations, the focal point of which was actually child sacrifice. Because you see, the temples of Asherah 
of which Jezebel came, promoted promiscuity as part of the way that they honored their deity and the result of that promiscuity, the children that were born out of this sin were offered back unto Baal as child sacrifices. Therefore was a major hold of Jezebel's kingdom based around the murder of babies. And of course this blood cried out from the ground and provoked the Lord to anger. And Elisha knew the pattern. He had seen it before. He knew that it was going to provoke the Lord to anger and wrath would be poured out. And the nation would be cast out again unto the hand of their enemies. They would be overtaken. But yet in the midst of all of this wickedness, when Jezebel and the leadership of the land began to come against the last remnant of the true priest of Israel and began to remove them and kill them and replace them with the priest of Baal, one man rose up who stood firm on the word of the Lord and was not willing to be silent, but he sought the Lord. He prayed before God fervently. The Bible says that Elijah was a man of like passion unto us, unto you and me. He was no different. He walked in mortality. But yet he prayed fervently. And because he was a righteous man who walked in right standing with God. And I tell you again, my friend, the only way you can walk in right standing with God is to get into alignment with his word and get on your face before him that, that you might hear him and obey him and be steadfast not to stray from him that you may walk in right standing with him and be counted righteous by him. Because God considers a man righteous who hears his voice and obeys. And it's that simple. That's what he said about Abraham. And he counted it unto him as righteousness. Because Abraham sought the Lord, heard, believed, and obeyed. Elijah did the same. And because of this righteousness, his prayers had power. Elijah was a man of faithful obedience and fervent prayer. And that translated to power. My friend, I ask you again, where are the Elijah's? of God. Elijah was not looking for a stage for a pomp or for platform. Elijah was looking to be obedient unto the voice of the Lord. Elijah was bold enough to stand before Ahab and Jezebel and decree and declare all the words of the Lord to condemn their actions, to prophesy against them, to shut up the very reins of heaven, to show them the power of God. And not because he hated them, but because God was giving them space to repent. God was trying to redeem them. And Elijah was the man willing to deliver the word that that might be made possible, even though they tried to kill him for it. Where are the Elijahs of God? And even after God used him to do these mighty things and to perform these mighty miracles, these wonderful works of God, Elijah didn't get haughty. He didn't get prideful. He didn't begin to self-promote or, or try to build himself a kingdom or a platform or a ministry out of it. After he gave these words of the Lord, God told him, go to the wilderness and sit in a cave by the brook, Cherith, that is before the Jordan, and go hide thyself. Elijah was a humble man. He was obedient unto the voice of the Lord, and he was willing to, to walk out of a palace and go sit in a cave. Elijah was bold, but he was obedient. He was bold in the face of the enemy, but humble before the Lord God Almighty. Elijah was a man driven by passion. He loved his God. Elijah loved God enough to obey him and honor him, even when he thought that there was nobody else in the entire kingdom left on his side. He was willing to stand for God, even if he had to stand alone. 
so much so that there was a point at which Elijah cried out to God saying that he was the only one left in all of Israel that obeyed the voice of the Lord and God actually had to rebuke him and say no no my friend I assure you there are 7,000 others that have not bent the knee to Baal. My friend there is always a remnant but the fact of the matter remains that Elijah was willing to stand for God even though he thought he was the only one left. Are you willing to stand firm and true for God to stand on God's word and to obey his voice even if you are the last man standing where are the Elijah's of God? that won't compromise to the culture, that won't be pressured by the promises of prestige, that don't envy the priest of Baal and the daughters of hell and want to be more like them than like their king, that are willing to endure hardship and suffering, to sacrifice, to bring the truth of the word of God to life to those who see nothing but death. or there any Elijah's left? Elijah was driven, he was enduring, and he was uncompromising. Elijah was willing to stand in the midst of hundreds of priests of Baal and declare the word of the Lord God Almighty and call down fire from heaven and have faith that God was able to do it to prove to them and to all men that he is God and Baal is not. Where are the Elijahs of God? And when God stepped in and proved himself, it disproved all of the counterfeits and powers of hell. It put them to an open shame, but Elijah had to be willing to put himself in that place where he might be put to shame. But by faith, he believed that God would come through and prove his power. And so he stood and set the stage for God to get some glory. Where are the Elijahs of God? Elijah knew that by doing what he did, even though he was able to destroy many of the priests of Baal and stir up faith in the people again in the Lord God Almighty, he knew that it was going to cause all of hell to rise up against him. And so he had to run back to that cave again. He was a man of prayer and he was a man of fasting. He moved in the strength of the Lord God Almighty. While Jezebel was known for taking matters into her own hand and moving in her own strength through control and manipulation and the tools of the land, Elijah was a man of faith. He moved in the power of, of the Lord God Almighty and was empowered by his very hand. He went on 40 days fasting and as he ran to that cave and when he got to that cave, he sat and he waited. He was a man who was not so arrogant that he thought he could figure it out on his own. He was willing to sit and wait upon the Lord. He sought the Lord and was not distracted or dismayed when the enemy showed up in God's place. When he sat in that cave and prayed and began to cry out upon the Lord, there were several manifestations that came, but he didn't act on impulse. He wasn't deceived by these manifestations. He waited upon the Lord because though they were powerful, though they were supernatural, he knew that the Lord was not in it. And so he waited. Elijah, like all of God's great ones, waited upon the Lord. He found that place of prayer, that secret place. He got shut in and he waited to hear from heaven. He didn't move at the first voice. He wasn't moved by the attacks. He didn't move at impulse. He didn't react to the first manifestation. He waited for that still small voice. My friend, very often what comes in the quick is the counterfeit, but what comes after it in the waiting is the Lord. 
This is why even Moses had to sit and pray for seven days before the power of God truly came and brought the revelation that he needed to lead the nation. Elijah was unmerciful towards false doctrine and the priest of Baal. He did not compromise. He did not sugarcoat his message. He did not dance with them around golden calves. He did not incorporate them. He stayed separate, wholly set apart, willing to profess the truth to them that they might be saved and that he would not endorse them by agreement with them. He was uncompromising. And he loved God and God's people enough to speak the hard truth that needed to be spoken so that the lies of the enemy could be broken. He was unmerciful towards the false doctrines and priests of Baal, yet he was compassionate towards the widow and her son. He had compassion upon the people. He had a love for God. But he was uncompromising towards those who were being used of hell to destroy their souls. He was willing to speak the truth. And in doing so, he risked his very life for God and for God's people. Because you see, my friend, when you're in a time like he was in, and that many have been in, in eras since, when wickedness rules the land, and the enemy has infiltrated the church, and the people are deceived, and leaders and powers rose up against him, he had to be all in. And my friend, we are coming up on that time again, and in actuality, it's never ended. It's always been that way in most places. But for you and me, my friend, it's a time we're beginning to step in. Are you all in? Because the world is crying, where is the God of Elijah? But the church is crying, where are the Elijahs of God? Because you see, my friend, Elijah stood for God. And because of it, God stood for him. I've had many people ask me why it doesn't seem like God is walking with them and I have to ask them since when was God supposed to follow you? You are supposed to follow him. You should not be questioning if God is walking with you. You should be questioning if you are walking with God because if you are standing with God, God is standing with you. We've got some decisions to make people. It's time to get all in. Are you in it to win it? Because this is not a race for the swift. This is a race of endurance. What are you willing to endure? Because the word of the Lord says, He who endures till the end shall be saved. Elijah had no agreement with hell, the culture, or Jezebel. He did not mix with it. He didn't try to win it by being part of it. My friend, if God was interested in winning the world by becoming the world, he would have never taken Moses out of Egypt. Moses was already in line to be the next Pharaoh. God could have just let him be king and let him change it from the inside, but God does not want to endorse that, which is unholy. He wants to remove you from it and show the world the power of purity, that he can make something completely separate, set apart, and different, and so much better. If he can find a person with a commitment to not compromise, but to read the word, believe the word, be the word, preach the word, live it, 
so that he can enforce it and endorse them through it. He's looking for men and women that move in the spirit of Elijah. And the world's not going to like you for it. Remember, Elijah was hunted. John the Baptist, who Jesus said came in the same spirit, spent 30 years in the wilderness preparing for a ministry that only lasted six months because they cut his head off, but it changed the world. He spoke the truth. He preached the truth. He turned the hearts of the children back to the Father. He did no mighty miracles, but Jesus himself professed that there was no greater prophet ever birthed by woman than John the Baptist. Because that he called a nation to repentance. This is what the spirit of Elijah does. It's not concerned with performance. It's not concerned with vainglory. It's not concerned with entertainment. It's not concerned with being famous. It is concerned with calling a dying nation to repentance that it might be revived and prepare the way of visitation for the Lord God Almighty. So I am saying today, where are the Elijahs of God? Because there is a cry going forth in the earth and there is a desperation and there is a need before judgment falls on this nation. The window is open for revelation and for revival, but there needs to be a people with the fire of the Holy Ghost and a fervency in prayer that will get on their knees and stay there till they've heard the right word from the Lord and not jump at every counterfeit manifestation that comes in the quick. Because there were storms and there were shakings that came when Elijah started praying. And they were impressive and they were flashy. But he said the Lord was not in it. He waited upon the Lord for that still, small, humble voice. And when it came, it brought instruction. It brought clarity. It brought direction. It even brought correction because that's what the Lord does. And the Elijah waits for it, welcomes it, and then responds to it. Where? Or the Elijahs of God. Lord, let it be me. Lord, we are crying out. Let each heart cry out today and make a commitment to say, God, I am all in. Let it be me. Let it be me because there is a need. Is there not a cause among us people that there is a need for true Elijahs in the land? For the character of Elijah to rise up again in a people who are determined to go out into the wilderness and seek the Lord God Almighty and not move till they hear it. And once they hear it, to step out in faith and declare it and to go out into the face of the counterfeits, the prophets of Baal and the daughters of hell and all of those that are trying to build their own kingdom at the expense of God's and be willing to profess the truth of the Lord God Almighty, not in pride and pop or in arrogance, but out of selflessness, out of sacrificial love trying to bring a nation to repentance before it is too late and they are judged for the blood that is on their hands. Because God does not change, my friend. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is not winking at sin. He sees it. And he's given us a reprieve from the judgment of it. But the window is fast closing. When are you going to open your mouth and let the word of the Lord come out? out that one might be saved before it's too late. 
While all the world is crying, where is the God of Elijah? He's not real. Is he sleeping? He has forgotten you. God is sitting there searching the land, saying, where are the Elijahs of God? Because it is never God's desire to bring judgment. It is never God's desire for any to perish or be lost. It is never God's will that any blood should be spilt. He is long-suffering towards us, even against Ahab and Jezebel. Did he give space for repentance because he is so merciful? Why do you think he sent John the Baptist to preach in advance of the visitation of Jesus? To prepare the hearts of the people that some might believe and receive. Repent and be saved. Because he is so merciful. Because he is so loving. Because he is trying to stay judgment. Because there is a justice. There are laws and rules. There are things set in motion. That must be enacted except that we repent. There are so few aware of it because the Elijahs are silent. Because the prophets are silent. Because you see, my friend, there were other prophets and priests in the land in that time, but most of them were hiding in caves, but not Elijah. He stepped out. Yes, he spent his time in the cave and that was important, but he didn't stay there hiding. He stepped out and was willing to lift up a shout and speak the word of the Lord as God had declared it to come forth. He said what God said to say, no more and no less. And once it was spoken, he retreated and went and pressed God again for the next bit of instructions. My friend, we've got to do it just like Elijah did. But at the same time, there were others who could have stood with him, but they were hiding. But one man stood up and stood out. And because of it to this day, we're still talking about the God of Elijah. My friend, he has given that call again. And so my prayer is that your prayer for today would be God. Give me the spirit of Elijah. Give me boldness. Give me a surety. Give me patience in the waiting and pressing in the hearing. That I may be pressed and crushed and disciplined before you, Lord. That I may fast and pray fervently. That when I hear you, I will obey what you say. That I can walk in right standing with it. That my prayers may avail much. God, give me a courage and a love for you. That will cause me to step out and do what I in my flesh cannot do. But that your power may be proven among the heathen. Give me the spirit of Elijah. Give me the cry in the wilderness that calls men to repentance even when they don't want to hear it. Give me the spirit of Elijah. Give me endurance, Lord, that would outrun the chariots of the enemy. Give me a steadfast dedication that even when I believe with all of my heart that I am the last one standing for you in my nation, still will I stand and profess the word of the Lord and obey you God with all of my heart give me the spirit of Elijah 
Because God, we understand that when the word is talking about a spirit, it's talking about a character. We need that character again. One who will not bend the knee to bell to the culture, to all the lust of hell, to the desires of the flesh, or to selfishness, but that will bend the knee to the Lord God Almighty at all costs. Like faithful Daniel, when the powers over the land said, you cannot pray to your God, but you must honor the abominations of the land. He said, I will bend the knee to my king and him only. And if you have to throw me into the lion's den, then let it be so. But I will trust and honor him. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the rulers of the land said you must honor the abominations therein and you cannot pray or profess your faith in your God. The Bible says that they were not even slow to answer. They did not even have to think about it. But they said, I have faith in my God and I will bend the knee to no other. He is able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, do you understand, my friend, that these three kids, they were kids at the time. They said that we have faith that God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, still we will worship. We will not compromise for prize or for pressure. We will not compromise our faith. And so for it, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And because they stood for God, God stood for them. And the enemy got to see that there was a fourth man in the fire. And because of it, it brought God glory and a nation was turned to repentance. This is the spirit of Elisha that stands firm for the truth of God in the face of opposition and persecution. So that because he stands for God, the unbelieving can see God stand for him. That their souls might be one to believing again. That they might repent and a nation turned. My friend, there is a window of revival open, but it's only going to be won by those who are moving in a spirit of Elijah who will stand firm on the word of God, move in the fullness of it, uncompromised, unpolluted, unmixed with the culture of the world, but speaking the truth of the word of God, standing for God in faith that God will stand for them in face of the opposition that it stirs up against them so that the heathen might see that their God truly is king because he is able to deliver. My friend, this is biblical Christianity. I don't know what you've been taught. This easy, please me, bless me, worship me Christianity. It is not biblical. It is another gospel because the word of the Bible says that all who will live godly will suffer persecution, that it's not easy but it's worth it. That the road is narrow and difficult, but the destination, the prize, the purpose gives you hope and power for the journey when you have to pick up your cross and follow after Christ, willing to lay down your life to obey the word of God. This is the spirit of Elisha. And this is what the Church of America 
is missing. Those who will turn the nation to repentance. Will it be you, my friend? Will you commit to submit, to lock yourself in, and pray with all fervency, and obey with all righteousness, and say today, God, give me the spirit, the very character of Elisha. Not for my glory, but for yours, that your name may be glorified, magnified, exemplified, and deified in this earth. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.